Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello and welcome to Jokes with Mark Simmons, the podcast where I chat to another comedian about jokes they can't get to work. As always, I'm joined by Producer Joel. Hello. Producer Joel's standing up. I am, yeah, yeah. It's good. And, it gets you're, me... you're, bouncing, you're bouncing around like a boxer I'm, warming up oh, for a fight. Oh, I'm feeling are, energized. Are you gonna, are you, are you seeing this as a bit of a like a fight situation? You, and, you versus me? Uh, no, it's, it's us, I, think, I think it's us against the world. It is us against. Oh, yes, correct. Um, I'm the ma- I'm your manager then. You're I in my corner. Be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got the white towel to chuck in if you won't need it, mate. Won't need what, it. I, what I do before I get in the ring is I hide that white towel. <laughs> <laughs> I shove it down my shorts. Ah, oh, not going in there. Um, Joe, Joe. What's been happening? Uh, I've been at the, I've been I've been in the countryside for a week now. Mm-hmm. Has it changed you? Do, have I mentioned this on the podcast that I moved? I think we mentioned it. Don't know. Yeah. Anyway, you're in the countryside. In the countryside. Did, did oh yeah, I did. I remember telling you that mm. uh, my skin cleared up last yeah. week. <laughs> Still clear. Looks good. Even it? clearer. Isn't that mad? What pollution does. And on that note, I've just been watching David Attenborough's Netflix. Oh yeah film have you did you watch it not yet no uh well for an episode on on demand but i'll get you to watch it joel i'm gonna say it now we need to do something me and you me and you oh god we, we need to do something the world yeah and he and, and you know what he, he he plans it all out he says what we need to do it doesn't take that much joel no it's not gonna take much i'm just at the bit where he's talking about fishing are you gonna stop and if you if you make some of the sea non-fishing sea mm-hmm. what happens is that area gets loads of fish and that goes into the fishing areas and then we get loads of fish anyway yeah and we're producing more fish and oh he's got it all planned he's 90 something he is listen to him he knows yeah anyway that's what i've got on that um <laughs> it's good it is good i'm not anyway. sure the forum but anyway i'm just planning all my trips to america <laughs> next year um Gonna go by jumbo jet. You're gonna drive your big diesel car there. Yeah, well, I'm gonna get one of those big lorries <laughs> just because that, that uh, uh, bit seems fun, doesn't it? Something like partridge. <laughs> um, so yeah, so that, yeah, that's what I've been watching. No, Watch it. I will. It's good. I hope it. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. He's got it all planned out. I think it's gonna be right, Joel. Good. So yeah. In conclusion, having a nice time in the country. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. 
Thanks, Joe. Um, what have you been doing? Uh, not a lot. Oh, guess what I saw in the country today <laughs> when I was walking. That's going to be my new phrase. In my new phrase, catchphrase. In the country, mm-hmm. I was walking along today. I did my morning walk. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I witnessed some real life detectorists. Oh, metal detectors. Have you never seen them before? I saw them in the hit TV show. Great show. But no, well, no. And I saw one. I went, oh, look at him with his metal detector. And then looked to my right. Oh, there's another one there. And then they swarmed the entire field, just mapping out. There must have been 15 of them. They must have got a tip off that there's something good in that field. I don't know. There's lots of fields around here. Mm-hmm. And then I was thinking, maybe if they're paying, maybe I could. there's a field out the back of here. So maybe we could earn a bit of cash, getting them to yeah, go around. But would you, you'd have to take a share of the spoils, right? Because if, if they pay you 50 quid to look in your field and then they find... Well, there's know, been sheep in there a while. There are a lot of spoils. <laughs> Everywhere, mate. That's sad uh <laughs> but you'd want to cut wouldn't you <laughs> if so, yeah if they get some roman mm. coins or something so you've got to keep an eye on them in case they find some roman coins and just slip them in their yeah, pocket so, uh, you know what i'm just going to get on amazon and get my own i'm going to go around with my metal detector how much do they cost i'd love to i'd love you to get start getting into metal detecting I, I i'm not against it that'd be fun well rishi sunak what, said today need? that people in the arts need to retrain so maybe you could you could become a, a jobbing metal detector. Wow, that that could be fun, couldn't it? Yeah, I could I could live Instagram it at jokes with Mark. Anyone interested? And then, but what do you need? Do you need a spade as well because you've got to dig stuff up. Yeah. How, how deep how deep do they detect? I think the more you spend, the the best, bigger range you get, probably. Yeah. If I you buy you know if you deep. buy my first metal detector on Amazon, you'd probably. Just oh, you selling it? <laughs> well, yeah, I've upgraded. <laughs> well, a bit of fun, isn't it? Well, we'll keep you posted with that, people. I mean, we've spoken we for five minutes now. That's not going anywhere. There's absolutely no. We'll keep you posted, Mark. Like you're actually about to order well, if, a metal detector. If anyone's got a spare one, for God's sake, tweet me at jokes with Mark. I'll send you the address. Send it to me, and I'll get I'll get detectorist thing. All right. I will be, yeah, I will be, and every week I can report what I find. I will be. I mean, that is good. That is good podcast. Astonished if if someone listening to this podcast not only owns a metal detector but owns a spare one. <laughs> <laughs> well, like you say, some people upgrade. I don't mind having a lower, like a hand me down, like a two thousand and five edition. So anyway, Joel, we've got to do a podcast. Yes. I like. I've been enjoying chatting up, chat, chatting up with you. <laughs> Buddy, how lonely up, is it in that cottage? <laughs> My mum's there. She just scared the life out of me. Absolutely scared the life out of me. Oh, I just revealed I'm living with my mum. I think people can tell. Uh, what? Just in my general demeanour. Yeah. People are going, oh, I always assumed that he always lived with his mum. <laughs> <laughs> it's only till Christmas. Anyway, so uh, that's what I have to tell you. Her. Said that. Yeah, exactly. She, you said that loud enough that she so would hear. Worried. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anyway, who have we got this week, Joel? You didn't say which Christmas. Um, That's uh, true. We've got the amazing Alish Mark. Alish. Alish. <laughs> She's not sure. She's Alish. Alice Marshall. It's Alice Marshall. Character comedian. And that's what we are going to get in and chat about. You're going to get in character. Get in character. Here we go. I, I always have these bits to separate the jokes. 
to make it feel like a, a proper show. Like it all comes around together at the end. But it literally is. All these jokes I've written, what are the best ones? They're in. That's it. Yeah. There's no... Great. Yeah, that's, that is quite nice. But with your stuff, so yours are all kind of like a set piece show, right? Yeah. I mean, his, historically, my shows have been. I've kind of... Um, always previously tried to because I do character comedy um I've had about sort of five or six characters that are given kind of six to eight minutes each okay so um, there was a mixed okay that's cool so you... it's like a variety show yeah, yeah. um but they, but they've there's always been a kind of a narrative um and I work with videos and multimedia quite a lot to kind of tie it all together um, which initially started out just as a kind of a, a plaster over a massive crack so that I could go and get changed. <laughs> oh, um, yeah, cool. <laughs> but then actually it kind of, as I was sort of, as I first started to work like that, probably five, five or six years ago, I kind of discovered that actually that's quite a nice little opportunity to to include some narrative and to include a, you know, a, a different layer that you can kind of um, create a cohesive show out of okay. rather, than so, it being, so, rather than it being pure So variety. do you link all the characters together in that sense? Yeah, oh, yeah, nice. they, they're kind of vaguely linked. Um, although my new show, which was going to be Edinburgh this year, but let's just say next year, yeah. uh, is probably the most bitty of anything that I've done. Um, the characters are all much shorter. Uh, there's much more kind of clown uh, physical stuff rather than being so I really wanted to make a joke in, about in them being physically shorter, but I held off. But <laughs> I feel like I still need to let everyone know that I fought it. Go on, go on. No, what would you have said? No, well, I don't know. Just something about height. He doesn't know. <laughs> How do you... <laughs> I don't know. How do you give the illusion of a smaller height? I don't know. <laughs> I'll let you... i tell you what, you think about that and when you come up with it, let me know. <laughs> and I'll do it. So... Um, so so every year, do you always create all new characters or do you bring the same characters back? I tend to sort of bring back one or two who've been sort of the most successful from the previous year. Oh, okay. Um, which has worked quite well. And then there was one character that I sort of uh, sort of proved to be the most popular for my first two shows uh, by quite a long way. So my third show was almost exclusively her. Okay. Um she she sort of tied the whole thing together. Uh, she's a really vicious uh, air stewardess. Yes, I've seen um, you do that. Yeah, which was loads of fun and went really well. But I kind of i i do i do I'm guilty of getting bored quite quickly. Right. So you wouldn't um, ever do a show just with her. No, I don't think you so. like you like th- you know delving in and becoming different. Yeah. People. Yeah, and you no, know, I really admire character comics like you know like Colin Holt who does Anna Man. Mm. Um, oh yeah, I could watch. I could watch four hours of just Anna Man, um, <laughs> but I just feel like it's kind of a. It's not really the way. It's not. It's not the way I write, and also I lack the skill to do <laughs> to do that. No nonsense. <laughs> just because you get bored. I do get bored. I do get bored, and I think it's coming. Sort of, I'm one of these sort of horrible actors who kind of like feels like I'm still masquerading in the comedy world, just waiting to get found out. <laughs> So someone be like, hey, she's an actor. Uh, and maybe it's that. It's like you just want to kind of play as many different roles as you can in an hour before someone kicks you off the stage. But but you're, but you, so you, you're going from acting, but writing comedically, how did, how did you find that when you first sort of jumped across? Well, I got my start doing news review at the Canal Cafe Theatre. Okay. Um, 
it's kind of a it's I mean it's, it's a great it's a great show and I think it's where a lot of comedians get their start uh particularly uh, musical comics and character comics um but it does end up being a kind of a, a little bridge from acting to comedy for lots of performers oh, um people yeah. like Sarah Pascoe and Pippa Evans and Carrie Ad Lloyd uh, all came up through news review uh and it's a it's it's a six week show uh two boys two girls and you write satirical sketches and songs based on that week's news and then it runs from Thursday to Sunday and then you come back in on Monday morning and write a new show uh, okay. for the next week and then the cast gets recycled every six weeks. It's been going for like 40 years. Um, oh. And it is amazing. And you have to work really, really quickly. And you have to write really, really quickly. Oh, um, so that's nice. So you're thrown in at the deep end then. So that's... Yeah, well, you are and you aren't. Because it is the process is really daunting. Um, and I'd written bits and pieces like in uni. Uh, and a few kind of like little sketches here and there. But it was, yeah, yeah, like it is a bit of a brick in the face. Mm. But you've got three other people on stage with you. Yes. So that's a nice little safety blanket um, that you can kind of rely on each other. And, you know, every cast member will do little bits on their own throughout the show. So it's like it's like going on the... Uh, it's it's the nursery slopes of comedy. <laughs> <laughs> you get to tr- you get to try it out. So with with the new show, so you, you've been doing... Because you, you didn't do a show last year. We, we actually previewed together, didn't we? And you were working in this new show last year, right? Yeah, I remember at, Nor- at Northern Farm. That was it. So, yeah. so have you been doing lots of previews ever since then? Yeah, I kind of previewed in. Uh, uh, sort of, is it a preview if it's in September? Maybe I don't know. Yeah, well, if you haven't done uh, the show in Edinburgh, I say yes. Yeah, I suppose so. It's still a preview. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, and that was actually really nice to do that without the kind of horrible pressure of having to be ready for August. Yeah, um, which was quite liberating actually. And if you, I don't know if you ever get this, but when you're previewing in sort of June, July time, and if you have a bad night or a night that doesn't go as you planned, the panic and the fear is just <laughs> so rank. <laughs> you're like, I must fix this now, and you have no idea how to do it. Um, <laughs> So, but I find myself so you, making quite... So with that preview you did in September, were there any bits that if it was like a couple of weeks before Edinburgh that you'd be panicking about? Oh, yeah. I'm going to say like 60% of it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what this podcast is about. But because you lack the... Because you don't have that pressure, it's kind of okay. And I feel like you make slightly bolder choices mm. on stage because you know that it doesn't really matter. Yeah. And actually by by doing that, uh, that is where I personally tend to find nice new ideas, um, but yeah, it's a it's a mixed bag. So with so, so let's go to that about that sort of the new show. Have, are there sections like so characters? How many characters did you say there are? I mean, it's hard to put my finger on it because it, some of them are not even characters. Some of it is just kind of like literally tiny little twenty second segments. Oh, um, yeah, it's it's it's. The basis of it, oddly, is um, a a psychological study that was taken of me when I was three and a half uh, because I was a really, really weird toddler. Is this true? Um, This is true. This is all true. I was observed by a child psychologist for about 12 weeks um, and she would come and observe me at playgroup and uh, would interview me. And I suppose they're sort of like little mini three and a half year old therapy sessions. I don't know. It was all very weird. But the the written report that came as a result of it and the interview tapes all still exist. Oh. Um, and my mum sort of dug them out 
that mm, three or four years ago. And I read this report and was horrified is, by how weird I was. What a great concept that is. That's great. It's nuts, right? So the show is kind of based on the report. Mm. And uh, I sort of, yeah, like I kind of, I use lots of multimedia anyway. So uh, I've kind of edited up the the interview tapes, which are equally horrifyingly weird. And um, yeah, all the characters kind of spring from topics and stuff that I discuss as a bizarre three-year-old. So you, so are you, so are you playing you talking about these tapes you found? No, I actually play the tapes in the show. Okay. Um, so it's all real audio. But, but you're um, you when you do that. I'm not even on stage when I do that. Oh, okay. They're just uh, tiny, tiny little segments of it. Ah, it's sort of like 20, 30 seconds. It. <laughs> it sounds mad. It's great. <laughs> it's mad. It's mad. But like, so for instance, I talk about, uh, in one of the tapes, I talk about how much I love dressing up. That was just my favourite thing to do ever. Yeah. Um, and how I was obsessed with history and the Tudors, apparently, <laughs> which uh, I yeah, was as three. <laughs> three and a half. How weird. Wow. How weird. That is weird. Uh, and then one of my characters in the show <laughs> is Henry VIII. So Okay, so that's you how are we get Henry from there VIII to there. in it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But it's but it's all very short and they're all very kind of like tiny pick and mixy little bits. Uh but there's just loads of them, which is really nice actually. Uh that's, it's it's a great. change. So when just before we go into the actual material, what um did so when so comedians are always looking for ideas for their shows and how to what to base them on, how did that come up again for you to then think that would be great for a show? Did you remember that it had happened? That's a really good question. I remember always knowing about this report, and uh, I always knew it was there, and that like something had been wrong with me. I say that I'm doing I'm doing speech marks in the air. I don't think anything was wrong with me. Well, the, I think that, I was just I'm really that's the reveal peculiar. at the end, right? <laughs> you have to watch it and find yeah, out. That's what I mean. Yeah, so don't give it away. <laughs> I won't. Um, yeah, and I and I remember, yeah a couple of years ago uh, the report came out of a drawer somewhere and I reread it and I did just think there has to be I I have to do something with this because like I couldn't the, the things that I said back then. Yeah. It's such a nice. There's no way like, that I could repeat any of that. It's such a nice concept to be able to sell as well, like to yeah. PR and 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 whatnot. It's interesting. It makes me want to watch it. Yeah. Already. It's interesting as well because there's like nothing remotely political about it. I'm not making any statements about you know myself as a woman or the state of the world or current affairs or anything remotely like that. It is mm. just pure, pure like nonsense. So with um, with the um. With the tapes, do because sometimes when you say this is real, the audiences struggle to sort of believe you. Sometimes I think as a mm. as a comedian, but like, mm. are, so are the audiences' reactions like we hundred percent believe this is a real thing? Well, I mean, I hope so because it is. Guess what so, I mean? So if that, um, sometimes it's hard to make people believe that, even when it is. But I would think that yeah. if they actually do believe it and get on board that's great because this adds so much more to it if they know it's real yeah totally and I think that you know even if even if they didn't I hope my hope is that the the kind of the content in the tapes is kind of funny enough on its own that actually even if they didn't I think they would still have a good time so are they laughing at what you say in the tapes 
Yeah. Yeah. I've only done one. I've only done one preview so far, which was the night before we went into not lockdown, but it was oh, okay. it was the nineteenth of March, so it was like the night before everything stopped. Oh, so the um, pre- so what we previewed before, that's all changed, has it, since this came up? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, um, nice. So, so some of the sort of some of the sketches are the same, but right. the kind of the content and the shape of it is very different, yeah. Okay, so so from this one preview, that's cool. We can talk about that. What um what what bits are you going to work on from that you still need to work on? I think there's too much video content at the moment. Um, okay, I do. It's it's probably. So I think it's probably are the tapes forty sixty. No, the tapes are just audio. Okay, um, but then there are lots of other videos as well. Uh, yeah, I think it's probably about sixty forty live to video, which is just far too much. Okay, um, and did you feel that so a lot with of the, that's got with the pace of the show? Yeah, totally, definitely. Um, it also ran at fifty-seven minutes, which is far too long. Oh, but that's um, nice, isn't it? That's a nice problem to have. It's nice to be able to shave stuff off. I've yeah, never ever ever had that. <laughs> it is always just as we get to Edinburgh. I've just about got enough stuff that I'm really happy with. What is enough in terms in terms of time for you? I, I only want to do fifty, like fifty minutes okay. for one oh, line nice. is, is is plenty. Like that's, it's, I wouldn't want to put anyone through any longer. <laughs> I thought you were going to say much less. There's a there's a there's a comedian. I won't name her, but I am a huge 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 fan, uh, and I went to see her show in 2018. Yeah. And it was 37 minutes. In Edinburgh? And I, yeah. Um, and did you leave I, disappointed or were you like... Yeah, I did. Did you? Because yeah, for did. me, yeah. any comedian I love, if they finished at 37 minutes, I'd be like, brilliant, perfect. My back aches. More, I love it. More time in the bar. Yeah, well, I, don't, I never... I never have that of wanting to see any more. You know, if, if, it's, been, if it's a good 37 minutes, I don't think you need any more comedy than that. Do you not feel that if you've paid like fourteen quid? Okay, yeah, maybe that's a that. lot. That's a lot of money. Maybe that's that. a lot of money for thirty-seven minutes. That's true. I could do with an extra ten. Yeah, I'll, gi- I'll give him that. Yeah. I found out that she did. Actually, she did actually get in trouble with her venue. Actually, after about two weeks, they were like, "Look, you can't. You've got to add some more." Was it like, someone that hadn't done Edinburgh before? As in, like, they didn't really know. Because uh, sometimes good if people question. come over from the states, they don't really understand how it works over here. Because I remember Sarah yeah, Silverman did a show. A few years ago, and I remember the report saying she did like forty or something like that, and everyone was was complaining about it. Oh, really? Yeah, that's interesting. That's, that's probably about five years ago, I think. Yeah. Okay. Oh, cool. So, so material wise, what is there any bits you're working on that you can't quite get to work? Uh, in terms of the live material, yes. <laughs> so, there's one character who I'm convinced is the funniest thing I've ever done. And I'm like, I mean, I <laughs> suffer from... Start. Cr- that I suffer from <laughs> crippling, crippling anxiety and self-doubt and imposter syndrome as much as the next man. But this character, I'm like, this is fucking amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and I've done him three times, yeah. twice, to absolute, genuine, grade A, bona fide silence. <laughs> And was all the other stuff working as well? So it wasn't the gig? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I was having a nice time. And then uh, I bring out Simon Forkhand to silence. But then the night I did it before What's we it all called? went into lockdown, he's called Simon Forkhand. Forkhand. 
Yeah, okay. he's called Simon and he's got a fork for a hand. Oh, okay, I mean, lovely. Great. <laughs> but then I did it again the <laughs> night of my last preview and it was the best thing of the whole night. Like, people were people were crying with laughter at Simon Forkhand and I was like, yes, I fucking knew it. So did, did, what did you change? Anything? Nothing. Nothing. Not a single thing because I was so convinced that I was a genius. <laughs> <laughs> Afterwards, my boyfriend had come to see it and he was like, I know everyone else was laughing. He was like, but holy shit, you cannot do that. <laughs> what? Really? Was it dodgy? Yeah. It's, I think it's like it's like kamikaze comedy. I think people will either love it or genuinely loathe it. And I don't know whether or not I can take that risk. I don't know if I'm bold enough. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's really, really weird. It's really weird, and I can't put my finger on it because because I purposely felt like fork. I'm not. What? Can't put your fork on it. Oh my god! There you go. Uh, yeah, or, thanks. Well, well, <laughs> so technically, it'd be like what, what do you call the little bits on forks? Just just prongs. Prongs. You can't put me prong on it. That's can't what, put me prong on that's it. That's what he'd say. So I mean, Simon Forkhand doesn't talk. Oh, doesn't he? <laughs> no. It doesn't talk. It's ridiculous. It's so mad. Even as I'm saying it to you now, I'm like having an out-of-body experience, looking at myself and listening to myself going, what is wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I just, I can't, un, I can't, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, yeah, what, no. Is he dancing? What's he doing? What's he doing? So he comes out, he's part of a kind of a, like a, a triptych of knock-knock jokes. Uh, and the last knock knock joke, the answer to who's there is Simon Forkhand. Um, <laughs> and there's no Simon Forkhand who, because by the time the audience member has answered that question, Simon Forkhand has appeared in front of them. And when I say that, I mean I've literally like retracted my hand and pushed out a little fork instead. <laughs> so <laughs> it looks like there's a fork coming out of my wrist. Yeah. And that's basically it, Mark. I mean, really, there's not a huge amount. That, that, if the so mood does, takes how, me... How long does Simon Forkhand take? Probably 20 seconds. Well, you could keep um, that in, even if it doesn't work. That doesn't matter. I don't know if I can. <laughs> I don't know if I can. You're going to have Who to see it. Who says Simon Forkhand? I do. So I say knock, knock. Right, let's oh, so do it. Let's on. do oh, it. Oh, right. Hang on. So I've got you. You're, when, the, when you're doing knock, knock... That's you. That's not Simon Ford. Do you want to try, try it? We'll try it, right? You be the audience, okay? I feel like we really knock, knock. do need to see the fork. Who's there? No, no, no. Simon Forkhand. Simon right, fork. and by that point, no, no, no. By that point, you are so alarmed at what you're seeing that there's no way you're asking Simon Forkhand who. You're just sitting there in stunned silence at what's appeared in front of you. <laughs> I think I think you've got to do that. He's the one I'm least sure about. I think that's fair to say. So how do but you transition from Simon Forkhand and then back out to you again? Because if it doesn't... Very hasty, just... A very hasty blackout. <laughs> so, <that> is... <laughs> so if it's complete silence, I mean, that's noticeable. Yeah. Oh, yeah. My technician knows. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay, so what... The old parachute of a blackout. So what, Get me so out what of there. other characters have you done in the past that are just too mad that you've had to drop? Well, I've, I have been in a sort of Simon Forkhand-ish situation before with a character that I did for two years who was called Many Breads. Um, and, it, and it was many, weird. Many, many Breads. Many Breads. Yeah, as in multiple yeah. baked goods. Yeah. 
Um, and I would do her to, again, she kind of came about of, she came up about after a sort of a, a thing that I used to do in Lidl to annoy my boyfriend. Uh, I don't know if you've ever been into a Lidl, but the oh, bakery yeah. section at the back is like plentiful. Oh my God, there are so many different varieties of bread, bread that I had no idea existed. And it all kind of like comes together in this like bread sanctuary in Lidl. Yeah. Um, and I would just pick up like as many as I could carry and run over to him and go, many breads, I have many breads for you. And he would be like really horrendously embarrassed. <laughs> and I just thought that's fucking hilarious. <laughs> so I got my mum to make me this weird coat, which had lots of hidden pockets in it. And I would attach different ki- different kinds of bread and would just like open the coat in my shows like a sort of peg salesman and just show people bread. What, go around the audience? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and basically just do exactly as you did with your boyfriend. I have yeah. bread. You want <laughs> baguette? <laughs> you like? Yeah, yeah. Literally that. Literally that. <laughs> there ended up being more to it. Of, I mean, slightly more to it. But that was always weird because it would be like either either an audience would love her so much, and I would get like tweets of people dressing up as many breads, and people would like send me many bread <laughs> it emojis. Really mighty boosh esque. Like it's really mad. Yeah, that's great. It was it was probably more of that ilk than anything else. So, because uh, so, how did that go down? It would either, like I say, it would either be the best thing in the show, and I'd come off being like, "Yes, I'm a genius," or uh, it would be to genuine silence, and people just would have no idea. Or sometimes, even worse, <laughs> it would be like forty nine silent people and one person pissing themselves. Yeah. <laughs> That's, and you just have to you got you've got to go with it you have to go with that it's one of those things where you it's just you just eventually you've got to try and get your audience haven't you do you know what i mean like yeah to- yeah totally like once you've found your audience they everyone would like that you know it's 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 hard because i can imagine in edinburgh some people are just sort of taking a a wit you know just oh we go see this show. yeah that look, this is a good yeah. poster and, <laughs> and then you come out with many bread <laughs> And they're like, yeah, they're like, yeah. Where's the observational comedy? Like, yeah, totally. Why aren't you talking about your boyfriend and your period? Like, yeah. no, no, no. Just many breads. <laughs> okay, so did so did when you came up with the idea for for Forkhand, it was it linked to many bread? Did you think, oh, I really like many bread. Let's do another one of those, or was it just a completely? I think it was a similar. It was a similar method of creation. It didn't happen in Lidl. I think it happened in my kitchen. Um, and I was cleaning the end of a fork with my sleeve, probably quite unhygienically. And as I did, my hand disappeared up into my sleeve and I could just see the fork pointing out of the cuff. <laughs> I had a, I, I actually used to do this little YouTube sketch thing with a friend of mine. and We, we had a, quite a similar thing where it was I I was on screen and we, we with the video, we changed it. So it was sort of oldie kind of black and white sort of film. And I had a hoodie on with baked bean cans coming out, similar to your sort of fork hands. <laughs> and then just looking sad. And then the girl that I did the um, the sketches with, she'd come and she'd look at me and then you couldn't see her hands. And then she just revealed tin openers for hands. <laughs> That's like, amazing. Like a love story. <laughs> I'm really jealous. I, I wish I'd come up with that. That's fucking brilliant. <laughs> but yeah, it's weird. But again... Out of all the videos we released around that time, that was the most mad. 
and it it didn't hit as well. Some people either loved it or they didn't. Yeah, totally. Which is that even yeah, so even like with YouTube, like it's still the same thing, isn't it? You just got to find the people that like what that is. I might try and post that sometime. I don't know. Yeah, definitely. Maybe it's a maybe it's a kind of a, a fashion thing. Maybe the more absurd stuff has come back into maybe yeah. Yeah, come so, back into favour. So, have you got any other stuff like that similar that that didn't work? Uh, so Simon, well, I'm reluctant to say Simon Falkhands didn't work. Period. I, well, because it like, here. I liked it. It worked. You like it, and uh, yeah, seven people at my last preview liked it. So fine. Uh, <laughs> Simon Falk, we're on the fence with the old Falkhand. Um, who else didn't work? Uh, oh, so I'm also this, and this is something that stems from me being a weird three-year-old. Uh, I'm obsessed with Steel Ice Ban. Do you know Steel Ice Ban? What is it? Steel Ice Ban, the uh, <laughs> that famous '60s progressive folk rock group. Oh uh, no, no idea. <laughs> so their big hit was a song called "All Around My Hat." Uh, which you'd probably recognise if you heard. Shamefully, but I used to fucking love them. Um, As a three-year-old. And as a three-year-old and I still do I went to see them with my mum at the Barbican last year and we had a great time it was me and loads of 80 year olds um (laughs) but this song all around my hat uh is again something that I just found inexplicably really amusing so I was like why on earth would you write a song and and also what's around your hat surely something I can see something being on your hat or in your hat (laughs) but what's around it that's weird weird. (laughs) I've got I've got a huge like light up. Uh, it's like a sort of bus driver's cap, but there's there's many light bulbs on it, and it kind of flashes and goes on and off. Uh, and essentially, I just come out to that song, and then the song stops, uh, and I just open up a discussion with the audience as to what is around the hat. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> so that is all dependent on what the audience say. Yeah, totally. Okay. And again, like. It, it's it's risky it's a risky little game uh so but i've been doing i've been doing that for longer and, and it's worked more often than it hasn't thankfully i don't know if that is just like kudos to having nice audiences so, who are like willing to kind of be playful with it so what sort knows. of things have come up um quite often we end up d- discussing the uh <laughs> how substantial air is as a as a as a thing as an entity <laughs> it's like does air count because yes it's factually true yeah but, you know in a sense, it's nothingness. And then we've ended up got, talking about the void and the abyss. You've got and air the darkness around of your hat heart. and hair in your hat. There you go. There you go. Depends very much on where you're from. Depends on your <laughs> colloquial London accent, that one. <laughs> <laughs> and what else? Anything other more inventive than air? Um, anything more inventive than air? No, I think I kind of blocked all of it out, really. It, <laughs> no, it's, it's weird. It kind of Because it ends up being a game. It's like a kind of clown game where you... Uh, even if you kind of ask something of the audience and you don't receive it back, it kind of doesn't really matter as long as you're being playful and open with it. Okay. Um, sometimes it doesn't even, sometimes it's not even words, Mark. Sometimes it's just... Uh, yeah, I don't know much uh, about clowning. An experience. Have you, have you gone and trained as a clown? Yeah, where I can. I've done sort of like courses and workshops mm. as much as possible because um, I because I just absolutely love it. Um, I mean, it's, ter- it's terrifying. It's genuinely terrifying, but you learn a lot. So have you um, used clowning to sort of help come up with material or is it always yes. in the moment? Yeah, almost exclusively. Um, okay. Because I sort of just uh, clown around all the time anyway. So So you see what works yeah. and then if it works you do it again. Yeah, totally or if you know you can you can you can practice clowning 
anywhere. You can kind of it it will send you cl- sort of slightly mad. But as as I've worked in the past on my own at the moment. Oh uh, well, you know, mad anyway. Mark, that ship has sailed a long time ago. <laughs> Either you do it with yourself or, or with a director. Sometimes that can be really helpful, just two of you in a room. It has to be somebody that you really trust and that you, you think is really funny. Right. Um, but it's just being as playful as you can. And if it's you in front of a mirror, sort of making faces and trying to see what works, if you can make yourself laugh, um, sometimes that's a sort of starting point and then everything else stems from there. But yeah, you know, sometimes you do come up with brand new stuff on stage. Yeah. Um, do you find sometimes that stuff that happens in the moment won't work again? Does that happen? Yes, totally. So All the time. Yeah all the time it's a very like it's a very mysterious thing as to why one thing is funny and one thing isn't sometimes when Mm. you're when you're doing something that's not necessarily written material so it's not a gag with a setup and a punchline um it's just more of a kind of yeah it's more of an experience it's more of a game because that sounds so Um, scary to to an act like me like like i need to know this is what i'm gonna say you need to know where you are and that is gonna get that laugh yeah consistent like but that's amazing that you can sort of just go on and just create make stuff happen in the moment like that you should go and do go and do two weeks clown school it would make you make you brave make you brave and bold do you think so do you think that would help yeah def- like definitely oh my god i think i can't think of any performer because it's, it's workplace you know, in- sort of looked down upon in clowning because it's like you're trying too hard yeah you'd have to uh you'd have to get rid of that there's a kind of a I've I've never trained with Gollier, but I would love to go and do it mm. at some point. Um, a friend of mine has recently got back from doing uh, I say recently summer school last year, uh, which is only a couple of weeks. But you still you know you learn a lot in a couple of weeks. Yeah. And I think one of Gollier's famous phrases is "No one gives a fuck about your shitty idea." So if you get up with a, an idea or something that's preconceived, he will just immediately be like, "Sit down, it's crap." Yeah, that's what you I have thought. to just. Yeah. It's just yourself. It's what's funny about you as a person rather than necessarily what you've constructed to say. Yeah, that's a complete opposite to me. Maybe I should do it as an experiment. I think it would, It would. I think, it, yeah, like I say, it would help every performer in every discipline. It just makes you a bit more open and a bit braver, I think. Yeah. Oh, oh no, I heard movement in my flat. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> um, so, 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 have you got any other bits you want to talk about that you sort of struggled with over the in the past have you got I, things that you've gone back to over the years that you, you keep trying to make work yeah I think, I, mean, I think the very nature of doing stuff that is sort of slightly more clowny and more physical you inevitably come up against gigs where more stuff doesn't work than does work um because like you say mm. it's a kind of a if you if you're a if you're a stand-up who is quite, quite sort of heavily based in your script like you like you like you need to know what's going on you can see your jokes written out in front of you it becomes like a bit of a at least on paper anyway it becomes like a bit of a maths equation yeah um whereas i've never worked that way uh so if i think about like when i was first starting out and just knew absolutely nothing um i started doing comedy virgins in Stockwell, do you remember that? Yep, I've never done it, but I know I know of it. It's I think it's where lots lots of people go, will go and do their first gig because it's really friendly and everyone's new and uh, it's yep. quite a nice forgiving atmosphere. Um, and I went and did my very very first character, who was like a sort of relationship guru, uh, gone insane, called Greta Medina, and she was like a 
she was a kind of a cross between Rick Mail in The Young Ones and Diana Rigg in The Avengers. It was it was really quite it was really quite alarming and hideous to look at. Um, but I remember going to do that when Tez Ilias was the MC at Comedy Virgins, and they do a sort of like clapometer thing, and one person goes away with a little shitty trophy, ah. and I won I won Yay! the shitty trophy, and I was like, yes, this must be good. So immediately booked myself onto like 15 gigs for the next week yeah. uh, in various kind of like pub basements around London and fast realised that if, you know, if I'm going to go and do this weird, slightly surreal throwback 1980s, quite alarming guru character, uh, possibly pub basements full of other quite good comics is not the place for it and i realized that quite quickly much to my detriment um, oh, so, so that first one well, that's so do you think that doing well on that first one made made was important for you to keep trying would you or would you would you kept going at it if it didn't work the first time i don't i think i probably would have gone about it slightly differently i think because i won one competition on my first gig i just convinced myself that i was the best person at comedy ever so i was like right well this is easy let's just get out there man and then i realized that that's absolutely not the case it's interesting because sometimes Um, like those sort of alternative acts compared to sort of your your normal sort of regular stand-up can go down really well as like a a difference to, to what they've already been watching like, yeah, totally. I imagine and when that happens, tough. it's amazing. I imagine opening's tough when the audience don't know what the night is really yet, and then it's madness. Whereas it's it must works quite nicely against regular stand up. I'd have thought. I don't. Do you know what? I don't know that I've ever ever in six years opened a night ever. I think most. <laughs> I think most <laughs> most programmers, most bookers, and most MCs know that that will be the case. Um, and I think if anybody had ever asked me to open, I would have politely declined. So if you do like a, a regular club gig, do you just stick to one character because of difficulty changing and stuff? Yeah, totally. So I'll go and do 10 minutes of like, for example, the Air Stewardess Yeah, character. I've only ever seen you do um, her at gigs that we've done together. Yeah, so she's probably the most script based of any of my characters. Um, and probably if, if you look at the script, it's probably the most traditional in terms of like gags. Um, so she does tend to go down the best at club nights. But then I don't, I don't do an awful lot of that. No. Um, I tend to only really gig in alternative nights um, or, you know, when I'm doing my full show. Mm. I think just because I'm so scarred from having <laughs> tried it five years ago and <laughs> realised that maybe it's not necessarily the place. <laughs> yeah, you've got to be quite um, thick-skinned, I think, if you're, if you're doing something very alternative in those kind of clubby environments. Yeah, like... definitely. And I think, you know, quite often it just doesn't work and it's not... It, I've seen lots of my favourite alternative comedians try and fail at gigs like that. Mm. Um, and it's not their fault. It's not the material's fault. It's just not the it's not the atmosphere. And if the atmosphere is not right for it, then there's not an awful lot you can do. I tend to, when, like, I tend to, because I've watched so much comedy over the years now, to make me really laugh, it tends to have to be something really alternative. So I because you're just so saturated with it. I think so. Yeah, I've always liked surreal stuff. Like when I started, my I I was more surreal because that's what I want. That's what I thought was cool. That's what I liked. But then I slowly discovered that isn't actually me. So Mm. so I sort of just you know you just end up where you end up just because it's just a natural sort of route. Um, But what was I going to say? Yeah, I like like I've absolutely died laughing watching an act like that 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 is dying on stage but i get it 
and I, I, I that's very mean mark it's very mean no but i'm not laughing at them dying like it's that the act that i'm enjoying but yeah because I, that's the thing like you either get it or you don't i think with a lot of these sort of more alternative acts yeah i mean there's another sort of famous clown uh training story which is that if you're if you're performing as as has happened to me if you're performing to a room of 100 people and 99 people hate you but one person loves you then that's a you've won that's a win <laughs> and you have to see it that way <laughs> yeah, yeah of course did did that happen? What did that happen at the gig we did? That oh, where was that Kent gig? Oh, that was my god! That was one of the worst things I've ever done. I'm going to go ahead and say that that was was that the worst gig I've ever done? <laughs> yeah, pr- probably. So it was in probably. like a. It's up there. It was in like a what do you call it? Like an aeroplane air hangar, wasn't it? it was <laughs> oh in like my an god! Air hangar that you could fit. I mean, a few. Fa- I think you could seat a few thousand in that place. <laughs> Easily, I think ten. Easily, and there, there were ten people there. <laughs> In a space for ten thousand people, oh there are ten. God, it was that was horrendous. And it was so difficult to get there. It took so long. <laughs> I remember showing up just thinking, like, this is of all. If you could have designed a night that's not for me, it's this one. I don't even think we've been paid in full yet, have we? Nope. No, 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 uh, and I remember you saying <laughs> we kind of got through it. I mean, you did, you did all right because I, th- I think like that is the kind of environment where you know tight one-liners, regular, regular punchlines, keep them in, oh, packing them in would know. actually do all right. Whereas I got up in my fucking costume and I was like, "This is so <laughs> awful." <laughs> but at least you could just act. And just get through like a scene, you know, like whereas with one liners, you have to wait for a laugh. And then if it doesn't come, it's obvious that's the point that it, they were meant to laugh. <laughs> but you could just do a bit like which is, you know, make a thing out of it. Make, yeah, make I suppose. It drama. Yeah. Pretend you're not really there. Go to your happy place. Exactly. And just think to yourself in 19 and a half minutes, this will all be over and we can go oh, home. A long time, isn't it? It was a long old 19 minutes. Holy shit. Well. I can't believe you went back. Yeah. That's massacre. There's even less people the second time. Because <gasps> it was a Sunday. Um, I think we played, I think we, it was four people and we. I literally just went to the front barrier bit and we just chatted and I just did a few jokes. But yeah, yeah. I mean, it was set up for a heavy metal gig, which was the act <laughs> that preceded us. Oh, yeah. So it's, that seems like poor booking. That seems like poor planning. Yeah. It's like, right, so we'll we'll have Motorhead and then we'll have a clown. <laughs> Wicked. That sounds great. <laughs> oh, Christ. Let's, let's, let's forget that one. Forget that ever happened. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Alice Marshall! Yes. Yes. Good. Hashtagawooga to that podcasting of Alice Marshall. Um, Joel, um, you used to be a comedian. No. Yeah, you did. That's how we met. What's is it? Yeah. So about that, what I did it what? for a little bit for about a year or yeah, so yeah, yeah, on yeah, the open, open mic, mic circuit, scene. and it was a uh, Kent hard, and uh, I never talked about it ever since. But Mark and I would uh, hang out subsequently, and Mark would yep. always introduce me to other comedians, and other people as another comedian, <laughs> and I had I did I so funny, I did so few you gigs, are funny. and I hadn't at that point. No. I mean. When when you you're doing that when when I hadn't done a gig in about seven years, <laughs> <laughs> I always thought you were really good, Joe. I thought you were excellent. No, it was too stressful. Yeah, and, and everyone anyone listens to this podcast will know you're very witty. It was too stressful though. It is. Yeah. Well. Yeah. You have got it. Or you ain't, don't you? Yeah. Not easy. Who's living with their mum? Ah. No. That was. I mean that. I mean I was down. And you stomped on my head then. It's <laughs> out of order, mate. <laughs> right, where's my phone? I'm going to buy a metal detector. <laughs> I've had it. That's it. You pushed me over the edge, mate. Um, why did you say that? Uh, what I was going to say, <laughs> what, why I said it was, I wondered, did you ever consider doing a character? Oh, good question. Because we were just talking, because when we came onto the podcast, mm. onto the Zoom, um, I mean, you lot at home didn't hear this, but I went, we're side as you came on, just for a laugh, because I'm fun and I. Yeah. Uh, and you said you'd just been listening to something with Sasha Baron Cohen. And then he's got Borat, and that's a character, and it's all linked. And I thought, we just had a character comedian on the podcast. Joel, did you ever think of a character? Uh, I didn't. I was always that? quite intimidated by, by people that did characters. I thought it was really quite a commitment especially on the you know just on the general open mic scene it's quite mad isn't it like fair, fair play of props oh and, yeah like, incredible an elaborate cost and you've just come from your job as an accountant <laughs> and, and you're, but if you're playing an accountant that'd be all right easy really um yeah but you, you just people would just pull up and you know they're like peugeot 307 in their normal work clothes <laughs> and then in, just in a pub and then would yeah produce like a balloon animal and a mad hat and i think this is it's bad enough just not wearing your normal clothes and having a room of people being different to you. But if you get, you know, go, go to yeah. all the effort. Of getting, but then when it, when when a character comedian nails it and wins the room over, it's amazing, isn't it? I think with characters, I think if you're a comedian and you think, oh, I might try doing a character, I don't think your character is going to be very good. I think you've either got it or you haven't. Yeah, that's you, a good you've point. Got, you, I think you've got a vision. Yeah, you don't think, Do you think? I'm going to think of a character. You just yeah, have thought of a character. Yeah, you're trying too hard. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
Interesting. Did you do it? Have anyway. you ever thought about doing a character? <clears throat> nah. Well, I guess <laughs> that's it. Good, good chat. <laughs> I guess every comedian is sort of doing a character, right? Uh, yeah, I was more of a character when I started because I didn't want to be me. And then you just gradually find who you are, mm. don't you? But it's, I wouldn't say that it was a character. Didn't have a different name. I thought of lots of character names. For before. tax reasons, you're a character though, right? When you perform. <laughs> yep. Um, I thought of a, a character name names quite often. Go on then. Um, Mike Drop. <laughs> and then every time he ends his set with a, a, a natural Mike Drop. Good. That is good. Mike Drop. <laughs> I've been Mike Drop and then Drop It. It's going to cost you a lot on the open mic circuit though, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, too much. Too much. So I, I dropped that idea. Because <laughs> that's what he does. He has ideas and then he drops them. Good. Like that. That's good. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're talking loads. I'm enjoying it, Joel. Um, <clears throat> anyway, if you've enjoyed the podcast or if you have, well, no, it just no, everyone has. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. Um, at Jokes with Mark on all social media, any feedback, let us know what you think. Um, go over to Apple Podcasts, give us a five star review. Yes. That'd be really useful. Help spread the word of the podcast. Give the retweet, give a little retweet or something. Like a podcast tweet that I did, I didn't think I haven't really thought that one through. But retweet something, <laughs> anything. Just be nice. It's nice to retweet. Um, and Patreon dot com forward slash jokes with Mark. We are. Uh, I think we will have by. I think I think we have. I think we've put. There's, on, there's new content. Go and find it. Yes, there is new content. Colin Lego extra little bonus content. Because um, we focus very much on the pun championships, uh, and then we also did chat quite a little bit, quite a little bit, <laughs> quite, a little bit. <laughs> quite a bit, quite a little bit about uh, his regular stand-up set that isn't as pun-related. Interesting stuff. Um, good. I've had I've had a great time today, Joe. I'm in great mood in the countryside. It's just it's a nice way of living. Yeah. Any, anything more from you, Joe? More from me, Mark. Anything more from you, Mark? Nothing more from me, Joe. Hashtag Aruga, everybody. Aruga! Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.